Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. If you're someone who just isn't tired at night, uh, this podcast is for you. Sure, we've all been there. We've all had uh, times when we just aren't tired. We just can't fall asleep. Well, Dr. Rhoda is going to address that specifically as it um, impacts adolescents, teenagers. And I thought it was kind of interesting. This topic really is a result of a listener who wrote in and asked some more questions. So audience, just know uh, your comments and your responses certainly are appreciated. So Dr. Rhoda, it it is not the early morning here. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fully awake here, but what can we learn about teens when they just can't, when they're just not tired at night? Yeah, so thank you so very much to one of our very faithful and loyal listeners who ask, ask about this topic. She says, can you, can you tell me what's going on with my teen who just won't go to sleep at night and then they're exhausted in the morning? So last week's podcast focused on sleep in general and especially the benefits of having a bedtime nighttime routine to help us wind down and maximize our ability to get a good night's sleep. Last week we researched how a good night's sleep impacts our physical, mental, emotional, and possibly even our spiritual well-being and state. It increases our ability to focus and think It helps regulate our insulin and digestion and metabolism. It allows us to be more calm, less stressed, and it's absolutely free. Uh, But today we're going to dig in a bit deeper into the world of adolescence and sleep because it's not quite so simple for teens as it is for kids and adults. Times of major transition in the body seems to impact sleep differently. I think this also holds true for women whose bodies are changing and going through menopause that oftentimes really impacts sleep. Teenage years, bodies are really changing, impacts sleep. So let's learn more about teens and sleep. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, nearly half of today's middle school students fall short on sleep. The average teen should get between 8 to 10 hours of sleep each night, but they're often just not tired at 10 p.m. They're still wide awake for a few more hours. So why is this? Why do teens seem to be so alert at night? We all have this internal clock in our bodies. It's called our circadian rhythm. Actually, in 2017, the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine was awarded to researchers who were studying the internal clocks in our bodies. They discovered that clock they, we have clocks in every single cell and tissue of the body. Like each one has its own little clock in there that, that regulates things. And our body rely, relies on these clocks for essential functions like digestion, body temperature, immune system, learning, metabolism, and even our moods. Definitely our sleep. So as most teens are transitioning in, into adolescence, they find that their body wants to stay awake usually about two hours longer than it used to. And I'm just going to interject there. I, I believe that this is two hours longer. Um, I think we have an outlier with one of our children because, I mean, we often joke, you know, when it's noon, we say good morning to her. <laughs> um, and, and so that this is right. I mean, as she went through this, mm-hmm. um, really, really had a difficult time falling asleep. Yep. And we don't exactly know why, or at least the research that I have studied can't tell us why teenagers' circadian rhythm is different. It just is. For some reason, they seem to be awake much more alert in the late hours of the night, early hours of the morning. And so if they used to get sleepy around 10 o'clock, now when they go through adolescence, they're not really starting to feel kind of sleepy till midnight. They still may feel wide awake at 1130. And you're trying to get them to go to sleep because they have to get up for school. So now think about this. If they aren't falling asleep until 11 or 12, and that's a good scenario, and they need 8 to 10 hours of sleep to feel rested, and school begins at 7.30 a.m., 
the math just doesn't add up for success. You know, that, that is so true when, you, when you're shooting for that uh, 8 to 10 hours of sleep. And so, yeah, we as typical parents had said, okay, well, we're going to set this time. We want you to go to bed at this time. And, and all of them have said, okay, like we can do that, but we just lay in bed with our eyes open. It's not that we don't want to sleep. We just cannot fall asleep, Dad. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, they'll just, you know how it is if you've had a restless night, you just, you want to be asleep. It's just not happening. They will just lay there wide awake. So they're still not falling into sleep states until, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. And now if they're going to get the minimum of eight hours sleep at night, that puts them waking up at eight. Well, school started at 730. And now imagine you got to get up an hour in advance to get dressed and get there. You know, your night, you're getting way less sleep than you should be getting. I mentioned before, I've been advocating this for over 20 years, uh, that we have later start times for middle and high, st high school students. If we're truly concerned about the health and welfare of our youth, to me, it's an obvious choice. High, sc high school should not be starting before 8.30 in, in the morning at the earliest. You know, it's always interesting to me. We know this, mm -hmm. but yet we as a society, um, communities, haven't be been able to really fix and address this problem in an adequate way. You know, I, there, there's research out there where they've attempted this. There's logistics with buses. They don't want the elementary kids on the buses even earlier then. And so it just hasn't seemed to work. But yet we know uh, that students are not even close to optimally learning teenagers when schools start, you know, at 7.30, some start mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. And then you think getting them there, they're, they're up well before that time. Well, right. some of them. Right. Some research from researchers from the University of Minnesota found that in a three-year study of about 9,500 students in grades 6 through 12, in eight public schools, these schools were in Wyoming, Minnesota, and Colorado, they follow, followed uh, starting, they started starting school later. In, sc in schools that started at 835 in the morning, uh, they found that about 60% of the students slept eight hours or longer on school nights. In schools that began at 7.30, only 34% of students got that much sleep. Okay, so a pretty significant difference. Uh, grades rose in first period classes in the core subjects of English, math, science, and social studies. I mean, you could imagine if, if you're just still really in a state of sleep and you're sleepwalking, you know, and then we as teachers teaching in that first hour, like, you know, we could be standing on our head. We could, we could have... The tea, Boston Tea Party happened in front of us, and some of our students will still be sleeping. So, so truth be known, there is a reason why I drive uh, my boys into school today, even though one of them could drive themselves in. And there also is a reason why I, I allow the one to drive home. It's completely different mindset and awareness. Yeah, which is where we're going to go in just a few minutes where I'm going to talk about driving. They also found that state and national standard achievement test scores rose with the later school start times. An earlier CDC study using data from the 2007 Youth Risk Behavior Survey found students who slept less than eight hours a night on average were more likely than those who slept longer to report that they, they drink, smoke cigarettes, use marijuana, are sexually active, and had at least one physical fight in the preceding year. So it impacts us emotionally and our ability to regulate our, our moods and our emotions. The University of Kentucky College of Medicine found that driving safety improves when schools start later. Uh, Barbara Phillips is a medical doctor who studied this in a study with 10,000 students in grades 6 to 12 before and after their school's delayed start times by one hour. In the two years after the delay, auto crash rates of 17 and 18-year-old drivers fell 17%. After one high school shifted its start time from 7.35 to 8.55 a.m., car crashes by students aged 16 to 18 fell 70%. 
Seventy percent of you the know, car it, it just seems like all the indicators are out there again. Yeah. But again, we just haven't figured out how to make it a reality. So insufficient sleep in teens has been linked to overeating and obesity, poor athletic skill, and increased sports injuries, poor immune function. Students at schools with early start times visit the school nurse more often than those attending hmm. later starting school later start times. But as you mentioned, it's a logistical challenge when you consider transportation schedules, busing, parents dropping off kids before work. You have athletic and after-school activities that have schedules, and how do you do that if that's all going later into the evening? So far, few schools and districts have prioritized the mental, emotional, and physical health of teens over these logistics. I believe it's worth it for us to keep fighting for this. I believe our kids are worth it to be able to try to figure out what's, what's inconvenient for us so that they can, during this time, be more willing and likely to thrive. As a concerned parent, an informed adult, a teacher, what can you do about this? Okay, so number one, continue to request later start times for school. Use those relationships and influence that you have to help educate others on this topic. Okay, conversations like we're having now are important to help people understand. Number two, talk with your kids. Help them understand what is going on in their mind and their body. Help them understand why getting sleep is important to their success during the school day, both academically, but also with their friendships, which is a big motivator at this age. So if you get more sleep, you're going to be less moody. You're going to be upset with your friends less often. Like, help them understand that they're not doing anything wrong. This is just what's going on with their body. And so they need to do what they can to calm before they go to sleep, calm their mind, calm their nerves so that they can fall asleep sooner. Number three, and this leads into that, limit screens in the bedroom if possible. The light from TVs, computers, and phones can impinge upon our ability to get into a deep sleep. If possible, I would encourage you to avoid having TVs, computers, and phones overnight in their room and try to move away from viewing screens at like 30 to, just like for us adults, 30 to 60 minutes before you're going to go to sleep, shut off the screens. And, and I think that is so important, especially now, you know, the research coming out with, with the impact of uh, COVID-19 on learning, mm-hmm. the, the, the increase in hours that students who are learning virtually, you know, Beyond the virtual aspect of it, on their own, the screen time is really mind-numbing. Yeah, it is. That's a good way to put it, mind-numbing. Number four, regular exercise energizes us while we're awake, but it also allows our body to realize it has worked and it's tired and it can now go to sleep and rest. So regularly exercising and having activity can contribute to a deeper level of sleep. Number five, help them become aware of how caffeine and food intake in the evening affects their sleep. Yeah, I'm just going to skip that one. (laughs) Number six, encourage them to talk through issues that they're having. If they're having some challenges with friends or with school or something going on, uh, talk about it. Journal about these things that are upsetting them. Try to get... Try to get it off of their chest so that they can relax. And if they need to forgive somebody, forgive somebody. If they need to request forgiveness, do that. If they need to write a note to somebody or do those things that that they can they can let go of the, the things in the day that didn't go so well. And then they can get that off their sleep and, and get, I'm sorry, get that off their chest and have a better night's sleep. Number seven, create a sleep-friendly bedroom. Dark, quiet, and cool contributes to better sleep for most. I often try to think of a bear's den for hibernation. I struggle a little bit with a completely dark room. I like a little bit of ambient light coming in. I seem to sleep better, but I'm playing around with it and trying to figure it out. Number eight, avoid sleeping in all weekend, trying to catch up on sleep that you missed throughout the week. Uh, We also know that when when you sleep, it's during sleep, during dream time and rapid eye movement sleep that you're transitioning stuff from short-term to long-term memory. And so you want to make sure you get good sleep to impact your, your memory function. But it's also just, 
it's one of those things that you can't get like, let's sleep during the week and then sleep on the weekend and catch up. It needs to be a regular, every night, consistent eight to 10 hours sleep. So avoid sleeping in all, all weekend long. Uh, try to stick to that same routine. Number nine, and our last one, create a sleep routine. What are the things you do every night before you go to bed? Brush your teeth, read, journal, talk to a sibling or parent, write a letter to your best friend that you'll give to her or him the next day, whatever works for you. It's really, really good, solid advice. I, I wonder, as teachers, we can continue to advocate for uh, moving the time, but until that day occurs, if you're teaching a first-hour class, just really be mindful that the, the students, it's not that they don't want to be on top of their game. Some of them, based on what you've heard from Dr. Rhoda, um, many of them simply can't. And then the other thing is, I always am playing with this idea. So we know this is a reality. So how can I get my own kids to have everything ready to go before they go to bed mm -hmm. so they get that additional sleep, sleep in the morning? But that's, you know, obviously has its own challenges yeah. too. But excellent, excellent tip. And that's even just good for the prefrontal cortex, thinking ahead, planning, what will I need in the morning? Get that all ready now tonight, not when I'm walking through a state of grogginess in the morning. So that's really wise on a lot of levels, Professor Marty. So sleep is important for all age levels. Teens, due to their biologi biological environment, may have some additional challenges, but being aware of that and compensating where we can will assist them as they thrive. Our goal in Five to Thrive is equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from today's lesson, from today's episode. Now, you had nine to choose from. I, I had the opportunity to just choose five. So here they are. Number one, uh, certainly be an advocate for a later start time for your school. In other words, have the discussion. It's worthy topic for discussion. Number two, uh, this is really what, what I think... I often miss, and I think a lot of uh, uh, parents and teachers often miss too, tell your kid or your student what is going on and why they're, why they're awake later than they were before and why they need uh, the 8 to 10 hours of sleep and how that works. It's really, really important. Number three, out of the gate, limit screen time. Simple to the point. Uh, number four, the caffeine and food intake, yeah, I joked that I was going to skip that one, but the more more we, we talked about this, there are so many energy drinks mm -hmm. that our students use, and they may not realize look, that that caffeine rush um, afternoon and on is not going to help them sleep. And the last one, uh, this is probably the the, uh, the one that, that a lot of teenagers don't want to hear. Um, you cannot do weekend catch up with your sleep. Uh, the way we're designed, as Dr. Rhoda said, is uh, routines are much more beneficial and healthy to you than to try to make up all that sleep loss over the weekends. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.